0: About that, I mean, where is this resurrection? I mean, if you look on any Christian shirt, you're gonna see about the resurrection. You know, you ever seen those corny shirts? You know, in case of rapture, this shirt will be unmanned. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's like, please take that back home. But, <laughs> but seriously, I mean, when we think about life, you know, what kind of life are we talking about? If we really are supposed to be the living dead, what are we alive to? And I think we, got a, we have a hint of that. In Romans from Paul, Romans 6, 10 through 11. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death, he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now, this, this is an important verse. So you also, I was talking to believers, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Okay, cool. So we know now that we are alive to God. Sweet. But not only is he talking about who we're alive to, he's also talking about resurrection. He's talking about the life that we have in Christ because we are in Christ. Christ conquered death. The Spirit rose Christ from dead. And so far as we are in Christ, we may die. No, actually, we will die. But the fact of the matter is we won't stay dead. For every believer, there is life after death. Now, I just want you to kind of play and imagine there, just kind of use your imagination When you think of life after death, what are some of the ideas that come to your mind? Just kind of think on that for a little bit. Because I don't know, I've been doing a lot of reading, and there's a lot of ideas about what life after death actually is, what it consists of. I mean, you have some of these, you know, Shirley MacLaine types that really believe in past lives and reincarnation and stuff. Ooh, girl, did you know I was Cleopatra's best friend? You know, and I just found all that out when I went to the hypnotist. And it's like... (sighs) Okay, baby. Thank you. Thank you. You know, (laughs) then you have some people that literally do believe that we're going to be in heaven and we're going to have harps and we're going to play and we're going to sing hymns and we're going to fly on fluffy clouds and things like that. Then you have still other people who do believe that there's going to be mansions. We're going to have big mansions like you, Hefner. Well, not necessarily like you, Hefner, but we're going to have big, (laughs) big mansions with, you know, cars and big two thousand three denalis with twenty four inch rims and well no I bind that in the name of Jesus. No that's materialism. Get it out get it out. But still there's some other people and this is this is the really weird types, um what's it called? Those life um near death experiences where people, you know, they go on the operating table and they see all this stuff. It's like, you know, Billy Joe, I'm telling you, I was on the operating table and my spirit just plump come out of my body. And it was just white light, It's this big white light. And it was Randy Travis playing Billy Joe, I'm serious. You know, forever and ever, amen. You know, <laughs> I can't explain it. You know, you hear these stories all the time. And so all these people have all these different ideas about what life after death is. Now, this is me. I try to keep things very simple in my life. So I'm like, okay, I am supposed to be serving Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Lord of heaven and earth. Wouldn't it be a good idea to see what he says about eternal life? I don't know. Call it, you know, intuition, common sense. You know, it's one of those things, you know, if, if he really did come from heaven, maybe he had some kind of idea about what eternal life is like. And another thing is, you know, if you get a lot of the Bibles nowadays, they put all of the writings by Jesus in red. So, you know, you don't have to read the whole Bible. All you got to do is just look for the red parts and then there you go. You know, so if you're lazy, I know, I mean, if you're efficient, not lazy, if you're efficient like me, then you can just basically kind of do that. And I did that. And so I really wanted to kind of find out. What does Jesus have to say about life after death? What does Jesus have to say about eternal life? And I came up with something I really want to process this with y'all and just see what y'all think. John 17, in the book of John. Now, this right here is the longest recorded prayer that Jesus made in the Bible. Um, this is basically before he's crucified, and in this first part is when he is initiating the prayer to his father. And he reads... After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Excuse me. Now, this is, this is a good verse. I mean, it's a profound truth, but for what I was looking for, it was kind of like, well, duh. You know, I I've, I've, I've just heard this ever since I was in Sunday school. Yes, we know Jesus gives eternal life. So as far as what I was looking for, this isn't exactly what I wanted. So I just had to, kind of had to keep going and keep pressing forward. So this next part, and this is eternal life. And this is tight, y'all, stay with me. This is eternal life, see how that's italicized? If you look in the languages, basically, the this is really emphasized to basically show an emphasis in, like, with contrast. Like you say, you know, that's not the bomb, this is the bomb. Like, that's not a donut. This is a donut. Krispy Kreme. I mean, <laughs> oh Lord. I'm, I'm sorry I'm a Krispy Kreme fiend. Just lost my track of thought for a second. But you get what I'm saying. It's basically a comparison. So when we say, when Jesus is saying this is eternal life, he's basically saying, listen up. This is what I think eternal life is. Now, some of y'all may have read this scripture, but I read this scripture, and this next part that's coming up, it hit me like a middle linebacker, you know, because I've, I've had my ideas about what eternal life is. And so when I read this and I really asked the spirit to speak to me on it, it really changed my outlook on some things. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now let's, let's just, let's just marinate on that for a second. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, there doesn't seem to be anything about any past lives. There doesn't seem to be anything about any white, fluffy clouds. There doesn't seem to be anything about any white light and Randy Travis. And there doesn't seem to be anything about any big mansions, even though I really would like one. But there doesn't seem to be anything about that. There's just something just about the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Now, please, I am not saying that there won't be any singing in heaven. I'm not saying that there's nothing about any type of angels or mansions. That's not what I'm trying to debate. What I'm basically trying to say is, if we're really looking at the scriptures here, Jesus is basically emphasizing that that is not what eternal life is is encapsulated by. That's not the main thing about eternal life. The main thing about eternal life is knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we got to unpack this because I know this is what I thought about, too. There are some people that might get the idea that we're talking about knowledge about God. And that's not what we're talking about at all. We're not talking about how, like, you have the objective knowledge like 4 plus 4 equals 8. Or, you know, 4 times 4 is 16, 16, 16, it's nothing like that. It's more of, the, the language says, it's more of a personal, experiential, over time type knowledge, of becoming familiar with. That's the type of knowledge that we're talking about when we talk about this. So the difference, the difference is, okay, it's the difference between you saying, okay, I know Bill Gates, and saying, I know my best friend. And that's in K, that's not if Bill Gates is your best friend. And if Bill Gates is your best friend, would you please meet me right over here after the service <laughs> with your checkbook? Because uh, i got student loans to pay. I, don't, I really don't even want to get into it. <laughs> But I think you understand what I'm talking about. It's, it's not an objective knowing. It's a more personal type knowing and stuff like that. Now... I put this together with other biblical ideas. Like Jesus basically says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then we also have biblical testimony that shows that the spirit is what gives the life. So there has to be some way, I felt, to encapsulate all this stuff now. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a nerd. I went to seminary. And Doc can tell you, I like making definitions for some reason. I think it was just my mother just said, you will be definition boy. You will just make definitions when there's no definitions to to be made. And so I took it upon myself to basically make a description rather than definition to basically think, to say what I think eternal life is. So eternal life is continuing intimate knowledge of God in Christ by the Spirit. This is what I feel. Eternal life is continuing intimate knowledge of God in Christ by the Spirit. Now, I was really impressed with this, you know, kind of has the Trinity in there, you know, got the God, the Father, and Christ, and the Spirit, you know, and I know my sister Professor, is going to be all proud and stuff, but I know, look, uh, I feel the evangelical vibe. We want to hear the gospel, Dwayne. Dwayne, where's the gospel? We want to hear gospel preaching. I mean, you're giving a theology lesson, and you're doing a little humor, and that's all cute, but where's the gospel? Look, please give me a chance. I'm nervous. I'm sweating under my arms. You know, this is my first time being here. Just, just, just give me a chance. Thank you. <laughs> but I just need to really make this point. When we're talking about eternal life, when we're talking about life after death, we cannot do so without understanding it being a part of the knowledge of God. That's what it centers on, the knowledge of God. This is what life after death truly is. Now, I want to go ahead and unpack a little more what life after death is. So, life after death life after death the first thing we have to say life after death is, is is an it is an intimate experience again life after death is an intimate experience i think the best way to kind of describe this is a healthy mature marital relationship in a healthy mature marital relationship there is a deep sharing there's a deep knowing of each other it goes way beyond It goes way beyond stuff like, you know, saying platitudes to each other of love. You know, I love you, booby-wooby. I love you, snuggle-wummy. It goes beyond that. And it goes deeper than basically knowing, you know, each other's favorite song or favorite car or favorite color. Now, how many of y'all been through this, you know, baby? Yes, dear. What's my favorite color? Uh... Baby, I know it, it's red. You, you wear red all the time. Red? Uh, uh no 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 I'm I mean blue. Uh black, uh yellow, uh polka dot. Come on, help me out. Oh no, baby, my favorite color is you sleeping on the couch tonight. That that's 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 my favorite color, so you know. Okay, just remember that. But it, it has it has absolutely nothing to do with all that. Mature marital relationships deal with a sharing of life and of love. It's almost a communication on a spirit to spirit level where you can almost kind of tell what the other person is thinking without even hearing their, hearing their words. And this is the type of relationship, believe it or not, that God wants to have with us. See, because we were created in the image of God, we were created with the innate capability of communicating with God. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I got a good This is what God created us for. God created us to have relationship with Him, but of course, you know, sin got in the way. And, and just like marriage, you know, sin it separated us from God. It separated us from ourselves, and we were in just a pitiful state. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ basically comes in and He basically reconciles us to God and ourselves. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Imagine they're a damn couple. Okay, they get to talk to God, but. Because we're redeemed by the blood, we have the spirit of Christ in us. I'm I'm serious. don't, don't, Don't jump out of your chairs. But really, this is profound. We have the spirit of Christ living in us, able to actually communicate with our spirits. This is the eternal life. This is the eternal life that God has given us. This right here, this is the abundant life, the ability that we have to communicate with God on such a deep level. Just a thought, whenever you go and you basically say, I am gonna seek God, I am gonna long for God. Like we talked about, I want to know God more and stuff like that. You are doing what you were created to do. You need to understand that you were doing what you were created to do. You were created to worship him, you were created to love him and you were created to be intimate with him. And to the extent that you basically say, you know God, I'm just going to sit down here, and I am going to bathe in your love. I'm just going to bathe in your love, and I'm just going to let you love me, and I'm going to love you back, and we're just going to spread this thing. Whenever you do that, you do what you are commanded to do. Think back in your mind. Think about the the, the two greatest commandments. You know, love the God, love the Lord your God with all your soul, mind, strength, and your love neighbor as yourself. To the extent that you make yourself available to the Spirit of God, to be a conduit of love, you're doing what God has commanded you to do. Now, (laughs) Isn't it funny how we as Christians can basically spend a lot of our time in programs and conferences and all these different things and all these things, you know, we're, we're working for the kingdom and stuff like that, but when it comes to the thing that God has created us for, when it comes to the thing that basically God said that we need to do, we always put that on the back burner. Isn't it funny? Well, well, maybe it ain't too funny at all, at all. So anyway... We understand that life after death is an an, um, intimate experience. The next thing eternal life is, is a community experience. This is going to get tricky, so just stay with me. Stay with me. Okay. Some people have it in their heads that when 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 it's time to get intimate with God, that they have to spend 16 hours a day in their prayer closet. And they really don't, you know, they, they have a good heart no doubt. They have a good heart. They want to see God. But these people kind of close themselves off. They don't visit their fellow Christians. They don't speak to their fellow Christians. They don't do anything with their fellow Christians. And they think that this is okay. And, you know, I'm I'm reading the scriptures and I'm thinking about how Jesus interacted with people. I'm thinking about how Jesus went off to be with, he went off to be by himself sometimes, but... He was among the crowd. He, he, was, he was with the people. So I'm like, no, th- th- there's something wrong. It, it was just in the back of my mind. And so I was like, well, Lord, you know, this presupposition just doesn't seem right. And you know in our American society, rugged individualism, I mean, we're prone to this stuff anyway. It's just me and God. Yep. I'm going to my prayer closet now. Going to be super spiritual, you know. <laughs> but there's, just, there's something wrong with that. And I looked and I think I found a scripture that really kind of validated what I was thinking. 1 John, 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verse 7, 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is, is born of God and knows God. Listen close. Whoever does not love does not know God, (laughs) for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And in this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be among the atoning sacrifices for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we ought to love one another. Again, that's 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Now, I just want to pass an idea through you. Just take it as an idea. I submit to you that there is no way that we can know God intimately the way that God wants us to know him outside of having loving relationships with other people. I'm going to say that again. You need to catch this. I submit to you that there is no way that we can fully know God intimately the way he wants us to know him outside of relationships with other people. Now, please don't get me wrong. I am not saying that we don't get along with God. I'm not saying that we don't take retreats and we try to seek and and seek his face by ourselves. Even Jesus did that. It says in the scripture, Jesus went away from the crowds. He went away from the disciples and he got alone to the Father and he prayed by himself. That is good. But there's some type of self-deceit that's been going on that basically says to the extent that you do this all the time, you're some type of spiritual super soldier. You know, you're so anointed, you can't talk to your fellow Christians stuff like that. I'm another anointed, I gotta go pray, I gotta go pray. You know, there's something wrong with that. Understand something, God is community. God is community. Not God has community, God is community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And each of these persons loves the other persons continuously. This is what God wants us to do as the body of Christ. Look at the, look at the two greatest commandments about loving God and loving the neighbor. They're inseparable. You can't, you can't do one without the other. And so this is something we have to keep in mind. God is basically saying, look, you can't even think about knowing me unless you love. And there has to be an object to love. So guess who that is? That's our neighbor. That's our neighbor. Mm -hmm. God said to love him as we love others. Now, this is, this, is, this is convicting to me. How many times do we, you know, we're in such a rush to just get to our prayer closet that we pass by our fellow Christians? We don't, we, don't, we don't talk to them. We don't say hi because we are in such a rush to get back to our own personal prayer closet with our own time with God. God forbid we could be inconvenienced with another person that needs us. Or how many times is it that we pass the least of these? You know, remember that scripture where Jesus said, you know, as much as you've given to the least of these you are given to me? We forget about that, right? And so, you know, no, i, I got to have my time with God. And so we pass these people to get to our own places so we can have our own private time with God, our own little holy shrine at the house. <laughs> And see, I have to confess, I've done this so many times. I'm, 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 I'm one of those people, I hate to be bothered sometimes. I, I, I don't like interruptions. So if I feel in my mind that I'm finna go do something with God, I'm like, I got to go do something with God. And this, this poor man, you know, this Christian has been crying their eyes out, and all they want from me is just a God bless you. But no, I'm too holy. I can't do that. I can't stop for them. I got to basically say, you know, baby, I got to pray. I'll pray for you when I get there, okay? And when I get there, I'm falling asleep. I don't know what to pray for. I can't even count how many times I've done that, and I don't think I'm the only one. God help us, because I'm going to have to stand before God and I'm going to have to answer for that. I I don't like to think about it, I don't like to think about it. So anyway, this is the second part, just to, to show you, eternal life is a community experience. The last thing, life after death, is to be a daily, daily experience. This is extremely important, y'all. Our eternal life is to be lived out daily. Let's think back to what God has been sharing with us through Greg about dying to self. I mean, we know this stuff positionally. We know that since we're in Christ, we're dead to sin, we're dead to the world, and basically what we're asked to do by God is basically just to live that out, live what we know that we are. If we truly know that we are dead to sin and dead to the world, then let's act like we are living dead people in this earth. But see, here's the paradox. You know, God is always, you know, into paradoxes and, you know, he does all this crazy flip stuff, you know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And, you know, you got to lose your life to find it. He does this stuff all the time. So this is the cool thing. At the same time we're supposed to think of ourselves as zombies or the living dead for God, we have to also think of ourselves as the purveyors, the possessors of eternal life. We have eternal life right now. We have the ability, thank God, we have the ability to basically communicate with God on a spiritual level. We need to daily ask God to speak to us and heal us. We need to daily ask God to bind us together with our loved ones and our our Christian brothers and sisters. We need to daily get together with people people of, of our neighborhood and just do things with them in the love of Christ. We need to daily do this. This is daily living out what we know that we are. We are possessors of eternal life of God. Now, what does this mean? It means that it should not be the case that we go days and days and days before we will get in our prayer closets and say, God, I'm messed up. I need your help. Tear off these scabs to let, the, to let the Holy Spirit heal you, to tear all those scabs and all those false faces that we have and just lay them before God and just say, God, I want to be real with you. I want to know you. It shouldn't be days and days before we do that. It shouldn't be days and days before we actively try to seek out being with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Actively try to engender those love relationships with them. And heaven, help us. It should not be weeks upon weeks before we truly ask the Spirit of God to speak to our spirit about how we can bring healing to the city of St. Paul. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! It should not be the case if we are truly living daily. If we're truly daily trying to experience what eternal life is, it just shouldn't be the case. Now I know, I know, y'all evangelicals. Where's the gospel, Dwayne? You getting into this social gospel stuff? We ain't, we ain't trying to hear that. We want to hear some gospel preaching. We want to hear some, we want to hear some rage from the dead preaching. See, I know y'all, y'all, I'm serious, y'all want me to bring some stuff back from the south. Y'all want me to bring all that, that Baptist stuff, you know. They laid him in the ground on Friday. He stayed there all day Saturday. He stayed there all day Saturday night. But early Sunday morning, before the birds started flying, early Sunday morning, when the sun refused to shine, Jesus got up and he took off the grave clothes of death and said all power heaven and earth is in my hands. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I, I I'm not going. We're not We're not doing that today. I mean that's that's my home. That's 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 what I was raised in. No, we we ain't going there today. But what we will do is we will talk about the gospel scripture. You know, everybody wants to hear the gospel. We're going to talk about the gospel scripture. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have. Wait a minute, uh, my glasses, I can't, can't see. What? Now, what does that say, y'all? What? He turned for real? Wait, wait. Oh, man. Eternal. We've been talking about that, haven't we? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hey, dude, could you bring um, the John 17 up? Is it? it. Okay, okay, thanks, thanks. All right. um, And this is eternal life, yeah, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've seen. Now let's, wait a minute, let's examine what we got here. We have the same biblical author, John. It's in the same book of the Bible. And it's actually the same person, Saying the same thing, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I remember they were both in red. That's how I know. Um, and it's the, it's, it's the same Greek words. Now, what are the chances? Just, just go with me. What are the chances that Jesus meant the same thing here <laughs> that he meant back in John 3.16? I, th- I think it's pretty high. Okay? I, I just just call it a hunch. I think of Jesus is saying the same words in the same book, using the exact same words that he means the same thing. You want to hear the gospel? Here we go. Okay? God the Father sent Jesus Christ the Son. Jesus Christ was incarnated into a harsh, cruel world, lived a life, in died a horrendous death on a stinky, dirty, splintery tree so that he could bring us back to in relationship with the Father. Understand that sin completely separated us, y'all. It separated us from God. It separated us from ourselves. But hallelujah, the King of glory came down here when he didn't have to and sacrificed himself so that we might have eternal life, so that we might have the abundant life. That's the gospel. That's the gospel you're looking for? That's it. That's it. Jesus Christ has basically made it available for all of us to have this intimate connection with God. And there's your gospel preaching. Jeez. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, now here's the thing, though. What does it say about us that we don't really put all the emphasis on eternal life like we should? You know, we, you know, what, what does it say about us when we spend more time trying to search for the next word from God or the, the, the next conference that we don't really try to spend time with God, which is the eternal life? What, what is that saying about us? I mean, think about it. Think about it. I mean, we, everybody says that they want this eternal life. Everybody, you know, we, we want resurrection power. We want basically to see, you know, the dead raised, and we want to see that eternal life. We want that resurrection life. I believe in my heart God is asking me with this me, with this sermon, okay, you want it, how bad do you want it? I'm asking us. Okay, we say that we want resurrection life. Okay, we want, that, we want resurrection life. Are we willing to go to our prayer closets and put aside the platitudes and put aside all the being nice and, Oh, Father, how great thou art, and start crying out to him, Lord, I'm sick. I need your help, Lord. Hey, I keep abusing my wife, Lord. I keep emotionally abusing my husband, Lord. I don't parent like I'm supposed to parent, Lord. Hey, I try and I keep going by the point shot, but I keep slipping in. Lord, help me. Are we willing to get real with God in our prayer lives? If you want that eternal life, you want that communication with God, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? If you really want it, if we say that we want this resurrection existence, we want to basically live in the fullness of the eternal life that God has for us. Okay. How bad are we willing to cut off that Minnesota Twins game? Are we willing to cut off the TV? Are we willing to cut off the radio and not been put off going to the mall of America or something like that, and just get our family get our wives, get our kids and say, "Honey, we're just going to get together, and we're just going to pray. We're going to pray that the Spirit binds us together in love. We're going to say we're going to pray that the Spirit gives us somewhere to go. We're going to pray that the Spirit just knits us together so we can be a family under God's rule, not man's rule. Hey, wait, hey, wait. No, no, no. We, we want to on life, right? We want to on life? Then are we really willing to really just let the Spirit speak to us and get, and get personally invested in the other bodies of Christ in St. Paul? They might not look like us. They might not talk like us. They might look like gangsters. They might look like hustlers. They might look like pimps. But are we willing to get personally invested and share a, 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 a deep relationship with them? Love your neighbor? Are they our neighbor? I would think so. If we really want the fullness of what eternal life is. <laughs> Lord, if we really want eternal life, do we really want it? Answer me, do we really want it? If we, if we really want eternal life, are we really willing to come into this house and just, just pine for one another and know each other and get to know each other as people instead of just coming here to listen to an oppressive sermon every week? Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, Lord. <sighs> now I can't preach no more. I ain't gonna let me freeze no more. Look, we'll strike that from the record. Don't don't worry about it. I'll, I'll get it off the tape. I'll find some way to get that off the tape. But now let's let's break it down even further. Just one more. If we're really seeking for the eternal life of God, if we really want that, why don't we get in our cell groups with our neighbors? And instead of going all this high, how you're doing and being all surface, we really get underneath the surface and say, you know what? How about, we just, how about we just pray for each other, baby? How about we just get together and just let God just do what he wants to with us? We're we not going we we to worry about time. We're not going to worry about no snacks. We're just going to get together and pray. Are we really willing to make these sacrifices? Lord Jesus. God has given us a tremendous, tremendous gift. God has given us something that we cannot even comprehend in Jesus Christ. God, Jesus Christ came down here and died y'all. This is God, okay? This is God in heaven coming down, being born in a manger, a stanky manger, living a life, a destitute life, and then dying the, the death of a criminal so that we could truly have this eternal life that we could have this connectivity with God and with one another and are we really just gonna just let that slide are we really gonna let that slide so we can just do Christian life as usual is that really what we're gonna do I really feel like in this message that God is speaking to me it's like Dwayne you say that you want to know me and you raise your hands and you say all this stuff but do you really want to know me do you, do you really want to get intimate with me? Do you really want to know me in all of my facets? Are you really willing, Dwayne? Are you willing to put aside your likes and your dislikes? Are you willing to sacrifice some of your time to be with your fellow members of the body of Christ? Are you willing to get to know me? Do you really want that? You say you do. Do you really? I think God is asking all of us the same question in our own individual lives? Are we willing to sacrifice all? Can we really honestly say in our lives, like Paul said, I count everything as what? Dung, everything. I count everything as dung that I might know Christ. Everything. Can we really say that? I know I can't. And so this is why I believe we're the only ones that can answer that question for us. For this body everybody close your eyes and bow your heads please I'm not going to lie y'all this was a hard word for me because you know I've spent so much of my time thinking I was doing the right things and thinking that I was trying to get to know God but I see there's still yet more that I can sacrifice there's still yet more that I can die to And so I'm telling you right now, I am coming up here repenting before God and asking for another chance. I do not, I don't want to trounce on the eternal life that God gave me anymore. I don't want to do it. And I'm going to ask right now, if there is anyone else, I just believe in my heart of hearts that I'm not the only person here that feels this way. You know, you know that you haven't been spending that intimate time with God. You haven't been praying. Maybe you're seeking as much as you could. You haven't been reaching out to your neighbor and knowing God in that loving relationship like you could. And if that's you, you just raise your hand, please. My hand is up. My hand is all the way up because I need, I need this. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. If you know that you just, you haven't been manifesting that eternal life like you need to, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if this is the first time that you've ever really got this. If, 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 maybe this is the first time you've heard it. Maybe you've heard it tons of times. But if this is the first time that you really understand that Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the King of everything, died on a tree to have a relationship with you. not, with, not just, Yes, with other people, but with you, that you can commune on a spirit-to-spirit space, basis with the living God. And he just wants you to come back. We've all been separated. We've all fallen short and come, you know, short of the glory of God. But God wants us back. If this is is a time that you know that you want to dedicate your life to the Lord, that you want to give your life to Jesus, would you please raise your hand? There's anybody here that just wants to give their life to Jesus. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're just going to pray right now. We're just going to pray a prayer of repentance, all of us. Some of us, for the first time, some of us, for the hundredth time, for my case, the thousandth time. But we're going to pray and we're just going to believe that God is willing to restore us. Father God, we just come before you collectively, just knowing, just asking for your mercy and thanking you for your grace. We thank you for your son, Jesus that died on the cross, that we might have this eternal life that we might manifest now. Some of us have been walking with you for a time, Lord, but we just we just got busy. We, we just thought we were doing the right thing like Paul, but we just know we needed to come on back. We needed to do a little bit more. We needed to really try to press in to get to know you more. And there's some people here for the first time, Lord, they just, they want to know you not only as Lord, but as Savior. They want to know you, God. And for that, I just thank you for the opportunity, Father. And right now, we just corporately repent, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, we corporately repent before you, God. We ask that you would just send your mercy upon us and that this word has been implanted in our hearts and we will not be the same. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And we know that you are just and faithful to forgive. And we thank you that as a result of this word, we will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the grace of God. God forgives the chief of sinners like myself. I just want to encourage each one of you, whether it's your first time accepting God or whether this is just a time of coming back. Understand that God's spirit is with you. Understand that his death wasn't a loss. His death was your gain. You were actually able to commune with the Lord of the universe as large, as huge. And God has given us another opportunity to live in that full dimension, to do that. I just thank you for listening. If this was the first time of your accepting Christ if this this was your time of accepting Christ please go over here to a table we have some information for you if you want prayer if you just want to pray about some issues there's some things in your life that you just want to talk about we're going to have a prayer team up here please use these resources I thank you I thank God for this opportunity of letting me speak I thank you guys for letting for letting me talk to you and I just pray that the spirit would just bless you in every every area of your life God bless you